Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. I want to welcome to the show today, Samantha Kelgren. And Samantha is a certified health and mindset coach, and she helps women combat self-doubt and welcome self-compassion, identify limiting beliefs that are holding them back and hindering their well-being, and gain clarity about what is important to them and what they really want out of life. First of all, that sounds incredible, Samantha. It's, it's I, a tall order. <laughs> you know, but but it's incredible. I feel like... Um, you know, it's along the same lines of a similar message that I love to share about, um, you know, finding your purpose and finding your joy in life and your empowerment. So I just, I just love when other people are sharing, you know, the same message, but in their unique way, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. So, um, before I start rambling on more and more do you mind, first of all, welcome to the show, Samantha, and thank you so much for being here today. And if you didn't mind, will you just kind of share more about yourself with us and just share more of your story that, um, you know, about kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. So like, like you said, I'm health and mindset coach, which could take any form you want it to. Right. (laughs) Um, So it does, I think, help to explain a little bit of why I do what I do and why I coach this specific kind of of area with women. Um, So I really got my start in health and wellness from run coaching. I was very much into running. I was actually working in nonprofit special events and knew it wasn't what I, my, my passion, you know, I, I enjoyed it enough, but I wasn't loving it. I was like looking forward to Fridays, which you don't want to wake up on Monday and and wish it was Friday every week, right? (laughs) Especially in your early twenties. And I volunteered for a fun run just to, to pace it. And, you know, that's, you know, I was running a nine minute mile. If you want to run nine minute miles, you're going to stick with me. And in talking with people through it, just encouraging them through the run and then celebrating with them after for some, it was truly just a fun run, just something to do on a weeknight. Um, but for others, it was, oh my God, I've never run three miles straight before. This is amazing. And, and I knew that feeling because I knew it for myself and to celebrate with them and then calm their next fear of, oh my God, but I'm signed up for a 10 K. How am I going to, you know, immediately (laughs) you see, oh my gosh, I've never done that, but oh my God, how can I do more? And really just celebrating with them and then giving my experience and helping them figure out what would make them feel comfortable was like, oh, this is, I don't know how I can do this, but this is what I need to do. I don't know what this is. (laughs) Um, Turns out there was health coaching. So I immediately, I mean, I was, I specifically remember going home that night and finding that health coaching was the thing and being like, okay, this is what, this is for me. Like, this is what I love doing. I love breaking down how, you know, how I figure out what meals I want to cook and what workouts I'm going to do. Sharing that information and really encouraging. And so I, I got my 
um, certification through ACE. Then I got my run coaching certification because I loved to run. I was in Chicago at the time. It is pancake flat. <laughs> and I, I live in North Carolina now. It's not the case. It's much harder. <laughs> it's much harder to run here. Um, but really, you know, I got into the kind of that side of the wellness. But it took a turn where while I did love running and I do love a tough workout and I love to cook, you know, quote unquote healthy, it got to be where it was too much, where it was, I felt guilty if I didn't get a certain number of miles in that week, I was equating how much I'm working out to how much I'm eating. And that's not a healthy place to be. It is too healthy, essentially. Um, and it, it was hard to separate because it was part of my work too, right? I was personal training. It's I, I need to be working out. I should look fit, right? You, you want a trainer that looks like they know what they're talking about. Um, and it really came to a head when I came off the pill, we were ready to start our family and I had no period. And I don't know how long it was gone because the pill masks that. And it was this really big step of like, oh, what I'm doing is, is physically not healthy for me. That was the, the main sign for me. And then it fed into, oh, this is mentally not healthy because when I was told I needed to put on body fat and gain weight um, to regain my cycle and to, to be healthy enough to have a baby, it wasn't just, oh, okay, I'll just stop running. It was, oh my God, I, but that's who I am. And, and how much weight will I gain? And all these fears that I didn't realize how big they were. And so it was a mental hurdle too, to, to challenge those beliefs and challenge the way that I was living. But I learned so much through that. We ended up going through IVF, um, as I was regaining my period, as I was rebalancing my hormones, um, because we were ready. I was 30, 31 or 32, I forget. Um, and so that whole process of doing IVF and managing your emotions, all that comes up with that as you, as you wait to, to get pregnant and have a baby. I mean, it taught me so much. And on the other side of it, I was like, I want to help women who maybe aren't in the exact position of trying to get pregnant, maybe aren't in the exact position of missing a period, but have too tight a grip of this rigid schedule of what they think they should be doing, what they think is healthy, when it takes that turn and it becomes unhealthy, when it becomes more of an obsession. And so to helping them find that middle ground is all about balance. And it's easy to say that and, you know, and, you know, yes, of course we want balance, but what does that really look like? And how do you know when it's when it's out of balance, how can you kind of step back into balance? So that was a long-winded way to say this is kind of where I come from and why, um, you know, why I work with the women that I work with. That is incredible. Um, I just have to say, thank you for sharing uh, your experience. There's a lot of things I want to touch on there, but you kind of said this at the very end, um, knowing when you're out of balance, do you mind kind of, maybe we could dive a little bit more into that. What are some ways or maybe some signs that you would know that you're out of balance with this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I asked this question a while ago, I was doing prepping for a workshop I did on um, like body image. And I said, how much, what percentage of your thoughts, how much of your thoughts do you think you spend um, thinking about your body, thinking about what you eat and, and how you work out? Every single answer was too much. <laughs> it's been too much of this time. And so you know, the truth is there's not, you know, with anything in life, there's not a, a set amount that you should spend, let's say on your career. There's not a set amount that you should spend, you know, with your kids, <laughs> there's not defined terms, but when you have this inkling in your mind of, 
this is taking up too much brain space. <laughs> this is taking time away from what I value on paper. You know, I say I value time with my family or I say I value, you know, my career. Let's look at it that way. Um, and if I wasn't spending so much time thinking about this other thing, then I'd be more present with that. That's when things are out of balance. Cause you know, in your heart, <laughs> you know, in your, in your heart, if, um, if you're spending too much time and it might not even be physical time doing the thing I was working out. I mean, I was marathon running, but it's not like I was spending four hours every day at the gym, but my mind was occupied with balancing out calories and what should I eat and planning the workouts. So my mind was around the body image thing more than I was physically actually doing it. And so you can't really even put a number on, on that time amount. It's, but how much of your thoughts are spent with that, right? That's what I was um, kind of thinking right now. It's where is your attention? Because um, and it kind of brings it down to being present because there's so many times, um, I, you know, I thankfully, and hopefully you too, we have the, um, blessing of loving what we do and loving, you know, getting to help other women. And so oftentimes I can get really wrapped up in the work or the creation process, especially when I'm really excited about something. And of course, life pulls us away from that because, you know, there's still life, there's still kids to, you know, feed and check on and give a snack and, you know, and so I would find myself like even, um, I'm thinking of the example, like we would go on a walk and my brain would just not be there. And somebody would ask me a question. It would be like, what, what, you know? So I think that, um, that can be a fantastic example of just, where's your attention at? Because where, you know, I should have been having family time at that moment, spending time with the kids, but the brain, the body was there, the physical part of me was there, but the brain and all of the thoughts and all of that awareness was on, uh, you know, career or work. So um, I, I really um, like how you mentioned that because it's, where's your attention? <laughs> it's true. And, and of course we can't fully live in the present moment every single moment. Right. But like you said, in that moment, you're like, no, this, I decided to go on a walk with my kids. That that's is what I decided I wanted to do with my time. So that's what I'm going to do with my time, you know, and to notice like, okay, I'm thinking about this work thing. I've got, you know, I, I know my time tomorrow is blocked out. So this is the time that I have to work on that. I'm not going to do it now and bringing that back. And, and the most powerful thing someone said kind of offhandedly, I was like, well, what would, if, you know, your thoughts weren't occupied with this, this other thing that you feel like is taking up too much space, what would that mean? Like, what would your day look like? What would that be for you? And they said, well, I'd be more present with my family. It's like, oh my God, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. You feel like, you know, and it's not like you would have this, oh, well, I'm just like sitting there talking to them for every, every second of every day. But when you're engaging with them, you're engaging with them and you're not thinking, how does this affect my workout plans? Or how does this affect the time I have to spend on work? Or, you know, I, the thing is with having this experience, it makes you highly attuned to the thought patterns because it wasn't just, it, it made me see that it's more a, um, how I approach everything is I noticed, okay, now it's not the workouts, but it was work. It was okay. Every moment that he's in school, um, every moment he is napping, 
I should be working, right? How much can I get done? And it was suddenly like, oh, okay, I'm doing this again. It's with a different thing. (laughs) But I notice I'm feeling guilty if I'm taking that time for yoga because he's at school. This should be time working. And it was like, no, no, that time at school is for one, it is for him. He's in this Montessori program that we absolutely love. It is not just sticking him somewhere so I can get work done. It is great for him. And it's great for me not just to get work done. It's great for me to get what I want, what I need out of that day. And sometimes what I need out of that day is putting a podcast on and baking bread, (laughs) not thinking about work. Cause I've had those moments where I'm like trying to force a post or something. I'm like, Oh, and my mind is somewhere else. And it doesn't feel organic. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to do this right now. I've got this hour. What do I want to do with it? Do I want to do yoga? (laughs) Do I want to go on a walk? Do I want to pick up a book? Um, But to really make time for all of the things that, that you value and all of the things that make you yourself, right. Except for that one thing you feel like you should be doing. (laughs) Right. Oh, I resonate so much. Um, I love that you brought that up because, um, you know, well, we've been, I've been quarantined almost a year now with the kids that they've been out of school, but, um, this is something that I constantly have to check myself on though. When you bring up, um, you know, getting stuck in that, this is what I should be doing right now. I should be working. I should be doing this, but it's like, but I just want to rest. And so, um, yeah, there'd be days that they'd be at school and I did no work. I just spent the day, like you said, maybe doing a little cleaning, just resting, maybe some meditating, maybe just, you know, taking a walk. And so sometimes those were the most restorative and recharging days. And like, then I could go the next three days, just full of inspiration and, you know, get things done. So I think that that's a great reminder to just kind of honor where you're at and get out of the should I should be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's a red flag. Anytime you find yourself saying should or shouldn't, um, over and over again, it's like, wait, why, why is it like, we don't stop to question, like, why do I think I should do that? And a lot of it I find with, with myself and with, um, <laughs> not even cl- anyone I talk to, <laughs> anyone I talk to around this, that, you know, I feel like the people that, that read my posts or find me on Instagram, whatever it is, or my Facebook group, um, resonate with me because they are like me, right? It, like you said, oh my God, that's, that's me. I can see myself in that. And we have this thing of it's guilt. It's why I feel guilty. If I don't, I feel lazy is a word. I feel like I'm lazy. I feel like guilty if I'm not productive. And I mean, it's funny. It might, it's happened with my husband. It was one, you know, I like to time block my next day and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do before my son got up. Like, what do I want to do in that hour? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's most important. I don't know what I should do with this time. And he was like, well, if you spend 45 minutes or an hour figuring out the most important things for you to be doing, that's more productive than just doing something just to do it. And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) You're right. But I feel like I need to check something off, right? I feel like I need to show my work. (laughs) I need to get up and okay, I I wrote this blog post, I reached out to this person, whatever it is, but sometimes that's not, sometimes it's not taking the action. Sometimes it's figuring out what, how you feel. And sometimes it's just figuring out what your next step is. Um, And you can't check that off. 
and you can't really say this is done. And that's why we kind of shy away from those things, why we shy away from, from mindset work. I feel like, you know, I say mindset coach and it's like, oh, you know, grown like mindset, you know, because you can't say check, I changed my mindset. It's something we're always working on. But the thing is why I think coaching is so powerful is because if we don't have that person to check in and help guide us along the way for it's never, we're never going to take time for it. (laughs) And we're going to get so overwhelmed with the zillions of things of tools we could use or things we could try that we start a few of them and then we forget it. And we're back to where we were. We didn't really change anything. We tried some things out. They probably didn't work because we didn't stick with it or we just got like (laughs) overwhelmed with the choices of what to do, what approach to take. And so to help guide that along and narrow it down. So we're not Googling (laughs) forever (laughs) that, cause I know myself that's, Oh my God, on my fertility journey, my God, Googling everything and then not knowing what action to take because I was so confused. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Um, um, I like what you uh, feel like can't talk now. I like what you say about, um, you know, coaching, I coach others and like, I still get coached. So I think that any point along your journey, anybody could use a mentor for any area of life. Like you're saying, um, you know, we can Google all day long, but you're only going to like, it only goes so far. There's no depth to the just kind of um, camaraderie there, the kind of uh, guidance through it for your personal situation and um, things like that. So I really love that you brought that up because, um, you know, I think that no matter what level we're at, we're always working on our mindset. That's always a thing, you know, and we're always, um, you know, I like to always think we're always working on our growth too. So it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop at any point along the journey. So. Right. It never stops. And that shouldn't be overwhelming. That should be exciting of there's always going to, and it's not even just improving. I had a client once that she was like, I love that you don't, you're not trying to fix me. (laughs) You're not trying to say things that I should be doing. It's more of, well, what do you want to do with this? It's guidance. It's really more of, okay, let's figure out what is working. If there's something that's not, let's talk about it and let's explore some options. And just to have someone that's on your side, that isn't your spouse, (laughs) that isn't your mom or a friend who has kind of their own agenda. And, you know, just like you, I'm sure it's like, you're just taking what your clients are telling you and going with that. There's no history of, well, you always, you know, (laughs) no, it's what do you want? I'm here for you. I'm here to support you fully and what you want to do. And there's no wrong answer. I think a lot of people, myself included, we think that we can get it wrong, especially with mindset stuff or the next choice we make. Um, but that there's not a wrong way. It's the right way for you. Um, I had, I do coaching in my Facebook group every week where you can submit anonymous questions. I don't know who they're coming from and I will just answer them how I best would, which, you know, it's one-sided. So I can't, you know, there's no give and take there, but it's okay from this question, here's what I would ask you. And they asked, you know, what do you think of so-and-so's method? Um, And I didn't know who this person was. So I look them up and they're an eating disorder specialist. And so I start to read about it to form my opinion. I stopped. I was like, 
you know, it really doesn't matter what I think of the whatever method is, as long as it's not harmful, it doesn't matter what the method is. It just has to matter how you resonate with it. Right. Because I'm like, you can love what I say and how I, how I work with you. You're going to think my method's amazing. If you don't trust me, you're, it's going to be an awful method for you because you don't, you're not investing at all because your mind's half, Oh, let me do my own research. Right. But if you find something that you agree with a method, even if it's on your own, that works for you, then it's a great method for you. It doesn't, you don't need to read reviews on it. If it works for you and it's changing your thoughts for the better, then it's a great method. Yeah. I think that's a great reminder of it. Um, it's not one size fits all either, you know, just because, uh, I like to say that about self-care too, just because I enjoy maybe like doing meditation versus, um, you know, somebody who doesn't like meditation, but maybe they like to do like walking and they, that's like a form of walking meditation or, you know, any of those examples. Um, I just like to remind not one size fits all just because you don't like one thing doesn't mean that you shouldn't try something else that, you know, will work for you. And to keep trying things. We had a great discussion in my group about meditation and someone said, Oh, you know, years ago, I, if I sat still, my thought, I got more anxious if I stopped and I couldn't do it. And it was awful for me. It didn't work for me. Now at this point in my life, it's great. I feel the same way. It's you keep, you know, try it again. I tried yoga like multiple times and I would do it some and then stop and some and stop. And now it's, I do it every morning. And then, you know, throughout the week, I'll have where I do longer sessions, but I do 10 to 15 minutes every morning. And I look forward to it and it's not a chore and it's not, I'm checking it off. It's, this is what I like to do. Um, but like you said, it's not one size fits all. It's like when I was personal training and, you know, someone said, well, what's the best exercise for, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, it, it's the one that you enjoy because if, if you, I love running, if you hate running, I would never tell you to run. I don't care how much I love it and how great I think it is. If you don't like it, you're going to be miserable. You're going to hate it. <laughs> I'm never going to make you do it. Find what you love. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, and and really I get it and, and if you love it it's great my mom loves swimming the entire time I'm swimming I've tried swimming laps before I'm thinking when is this over I like that is the only thing I, how much longer how long have I been doing this I, I, I don't enjoy it <laughs> I don't enjoy it and so I don't swim laps swimming laps is a great amazing exercise it's not the one for me so I choose to run. And so it's just showing that, yeah, there's no one way to do anything. It's got to make sense for you and where you are now, you know, it, where you were five years ago. I think that's another thing that really I experimented when I kind of cut back on running was, Hey, I've been doing this for 10 years. Let me take a break and see if I, do I actually really love it? And it turns out I do, but was I just in a routine that, okay, I, this is how much I run. <laughs> and I don't stop to think about, do I really enjoy this for what it is? Or have I just been doing it for this long? <laughs> oh, wow. That's an excellent um, point to bring up as well, because it's almost like the term stuck in a rut is what comes up for me. It's like we almost get stuck in just kind of our routines and our patterns. And it just becomes kind of almost mindless, almost you know, that's just what you do. And then you kind of wake up one day and you're like, but why do I do this? <laughs> why? It's so true. Why am I doing this? So 
I love that you bring that up. Um, I would love to quickly touch on too, um, you know, several times we've mentioned that um, I'm sure that a lot of the women that you work with are busy, are, you know, have jobs, our moms are, you know, doing all the things. And so we were kind of talking before the show about just, um, you know, maybe some ideas of simple approaches that we can bring to our health. Sometimes it's hard to change habits. Sometimes we're just busy and, you know, we want to bring, you know, better habits to, um, or better, you know, approaches, whatever it is to our health, but we need something simple and we need something quick. Do you have any tips for us? Yeah. Simple is key, right? (laughs) Um, I think it's, it's first starting with, you know, not just typing in healthy habits, because my God, if you want to Google that, be my guest, but you're just going to close that computer and just freak out. I think it's figuring out what, what you want to change, where you want to start. What's the, what's the lowest hanging fruit? If you could change one aspect about your health or your routine, what you think is not working, what would it be? And start there. Otherwise you're totally overwhelmed because, (laughs) I have this gripe about people saying, you know, um, a lot of wellness coaches and I, and I get why they do it. It's like a Pinteresty thing, right. But putting how simple something is, well, this is so easy. You just, it's two steps and you do this. Um, that's great that something is easy, but then I'm going to beat myself up for not doing it because it's not something I care about. Oh, it's so easy to make. I always use, make your own almond milk. (laughs) So easy. This is all you need to do. Well, that's great. That's not a concern for me. I'm perfectly happy paying $4 for a carton of almond milk. I will do that all day. (laughs) That's not for me. But then if I've seen that post and I feel guilty because, oh, it's so easy and and I'm not even doing it, right? I'm taking the shortcut. But once I decide that is not something that is important to me, then I can see that post and laugh at it and say, that is not for me. I do not care. So finding your things of what's really important. Um, is it is it making your own, is it dinner? Is that a sore point? Okay, I want to make healthier dinners and I just don't even know where to start. Don't think about anything else. Don't even look at drinking more water or making a morning routine. Just focus on that one thing you want to change and what is it that you don't like about your current routine? Because then you know where you're starting from, right? It's, okay, I don't like that we eat so late. I don't like that we're not getting enough vegetables. I don't like that. I feel like I don't know how to make a meal plan. So then you're starting with this one, one thing. And that's different for everyone. You know, um, I think the same, the one thing that I would say for everyone to at least look at to start at is sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If your sleep is off. So that, I mean, that, I feel like that sets the stage for everything else. I mean, sleep is so important. We know it's important, but we don't prioritize it at all. So I have a bed, I have a bedtime and I am strict about it. My husband laughs at me, but I am heading upstairs by nine 30 <laughs> every night. Yes. And, and it's important to me and it makes, because I get up early so I can get some work done. It just has this ripple effect one night of bad sleep, whatever, that's fine. But when it is every night, when it's five nights a week, that's why everything's falling apart. That's why everything feels so hard. So I would say for everybody to look at that first, but from there, look at the biggest stress, look at the biggest sore point of what would make me feel better about my routine, whether it's exercise, whether it's how you eat, what you eat, um, you know, like I said, water intake, meditation, mindfulness, whatever it is, 
start on one thing. Don't try to do this overhaul. <laughs> I love that tip. That's what I always say too, because if you start, um, you know, changing too many things. I want to start working out. I want to start drinking more water. I want to eat healthy. You know, it's like all those things you get really jazzed up to make all these changes. You feel really good. You can probably keep it up for a couple of weeks. And then it's like, after that, it's just, you know, things you start reverting back to the same habits and that just becomes, I always say, well, it's just too much to keep up with. It's too hard to keep up with, you know, and I'm sure a lot of it is. Well, and, and really, um, sorry, finding things, finding how it works for you. So when I say meal plan, like I was in a recipe rut, this was years ago, I was in a recipe rut and kept seeing, you know, on Pinterest, like meal planning and like all, you know, they're making like how many different dishes and, oh, you make this for dinner and then it can be transformed in this for lunch. That's great, but that wasn't the solution I needed. That was too much. That was stressing me out too much because I felt like it had to be lined up perfectly okay, well, what if this is the plan? And then my husband has a late meeting or I suddenly can't cook for some reason or the groceries out of that, whatever that stressed me out too much, having it perfectly lined up and doing it all in one day. So I looked at those ideas and then I found out what works for me. I took some tips. Okay. Casseroles can last longer. Now, when I meal plan for the week, I will pick three recipes for dinner. And that's how I do that. I usually do a slow cooker. I'll do some type of casserole to make more than one meal and another dish. And that is my meal planning. That means I've got a list. I've got a plan for when I go to the grocery. I've got my lunch staples, but it's not stressing me out where it's, oh my God, I've got to make this massive plan for the week and I have to do it in one day. Um, And that's what works for me. And that might not work for you. You might do great doing it all on Sunday. Well, great. But just because that's how this blogger you're reading does it doesn't mean that that is the way to meal plan. <laughs> so keep that in mind of, hey, these are just ideas of what other people are doing. Take what makes sense for you and what is going to be the least stressful, but solve your problem. Mm. I love that reminder too, because it comes back to, again, one solution isn't going to, it's not a one size fits all thing. Um, you know, myself, I was to where I would meal prep twice a week because that's just how it worked out because we had a large family. So I was going to the grocery store um, doing what I call big grocery shopping, (laughs) a big big trip um, twice a week to get, you know, all of like the perishable things and, you know, fruits, veggies, all of those things. And so um, I love what you're saying, like take, take people's um, tips and the hacks and all of those different things, because there's been some really great stuff that I've come across that works awesome, but you know, there's other things that don't work so well, but then you're able to take that and it kind of might spark another idea for you. Well, what if I tweak it a little bit this way? And, oh my gosh, that works so great for me. Or, you know, like you said, throwing away the preconceived notions of um, what we should and like shouldn't be doing. Like I love to buy, um, the pre-cut veggies when you were talking about the almond milk that you should be milking. Yes. Almond almond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, I love to do pre-cut veggies to just, um, you know, for cooking for everything. And so like you said, they are a little bit more expensive, but it's also such a time saver for me. And I'm more likely to eat that stuff and use that stuff then versus if I have to spend time, first of all, I'm a slow cutter and half the time I get distracted in the middle of it and get, you know, pulled away from it. And then I'm like, what was I doing three hours later? And it's all over the counter. Yes. I know what you mean. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I love that reminder that just because you see somebody else like jarring their own, you know, jelly and veggies and growing, even like growing, I would love to have a garden. That's one of my things too. I see everybody growing their own gardens. I'm like, I want a garden, but I'm like, I can't even remember to water my like patio plants that are half dead. So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I've tried my hand at the garden. I need things that you cannot kill. I do tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, and, and it is when you realize that you like this idea of something, try it out. And that's the thing. You, it doesn't mean you failed. If you tried something out and it didn't work for you, I mean, don't try it for one day, like give it a real try, but if it's not working, then that's fine. Let it go. Don't feel like you failed because, oh my God, why can't I do this? It just doesn't work for you. I mean, it'd be ridiculous to be like, there's one way to meal plan. There's one way to work out there. You know, no, there's not. I and mean, everyone's life is different. Everyone's work situation is different. Um, we have to be able to adapt and figure out what works for us and be able to say, forget the rest and not compare. Oh, just because you're not doing it this way means you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it. There's always going to be someone doing more than you <laughs> always. And, and we forget, we forget that. I think we know it, but when we're scrolling, <laughs> we've never been able to see into everyone else's lives the way that we do now. And so this was always the case. We just weren't confronted with it all the time. And I think that we think it's so easy when we see all of the ways we could be doing things, it just makes us feel like we're failing. Well, there's a zillion ways to do this. Why can't I do it? Well, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, there are some people who don't cook at all. And that's fine. And they're probably fine with it. So don't beat yourself up because so-and-so is cooking crazy homemade meals every night. I mean, I remember one night I was out of town when I came back, my husband had planned this dinner. This was before we had a kid, but he had made this, you know, used three different cookbooks and made this steak with this different sauce and all this. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, God, I never do that. I'm like, this is amazing. I never cook like this. And he, he goes, I did one night of the past how many months you cook every single night I was like oh yeah you're right <laughs> but it's so so quickly forget we're like oh my god I never do this he's like but you're cooking every single night that would be ridiculous if you did this every night that would be crazy <laughs> um I really, um, I'm loving this conversation I totally just blinked out on what I was going to say but yeah I love that you you bring that up you know we kind of um you know, we think that we should be doing all these other things. It's the comparison thing. This is what I was going to say. We grow up and I um, mentioned this in a previous podcast of mine that we grow up, um, you know, going through school, comparing ourselves to our peers almost in a way, because that's how we learn and how we observe and how we kind of see almost like where we're at, you know, where do we fit into this world? Where are we where do we compare on the, the like the yeah. measuring stick kind of thing? And so I feel like we carry that into adulthood. And so, like you said, when we're scrolling through the Instagram and we're looking, it's like we're still looking at like, okay, how am I doing? Where do I measure up on the measuring stick? But the measuring stick that we're seeing is this beautifully curated measuring stick that when I've got piles of laundry over here in my, you know, I don't even know when the last time I took a shower, <laughs> like, that's more the reality than in these perfectly curated things that we're seeing, you know, mm -hmm. online. It is. It's so true. And, and we, 
we know this, but we don't stop to remind ourselves of it, I think. And it's so, uh, we, we have these big ideas of it, right? And where we're stopped to be, you know, listening to this podcast right now, you're probably like, yes, hell yes. I agree with that 100%. But then midday or tomorrow, something happens and you're thrown right back into it. So it's how can you set those reminders for yourself of, I mean, whether it's a mantra or just not being on social media as much, I mean, you have to give it up, but like set times a day to get on for five minutes or something. Also, I always, I love talking about just doing a social media detox, but really think of how do you want to feel when you're on social media and how do you feel? (laughs) Because when I look at my husband's feed, it are, it's the same platform. It's Instagram. They are a thousand percent different. I mean, it is totally different and it's because it's what we curate, right? You're in control of what's showing up. So if you don't feel great seeing something and maybe it started to be inspiring at first, Oh, I'm going to use these tips. Oh, I like how this house looks. Oh, I'm going to, you know, get abs. (laughs) like that maybe it started off as inspiration but suddenly all you're seeing are workouts or all you're seeing are immaculately clean put together houses um if you're noticing it's having an effect and you feel less than in any way you feel annoyed in any way um change your feet up go unfollow start following different things i always recommend following things that have maybe nothing that you even aspire to be right i follow national park service I follow, and it's not like that's all I follow, but I've got it trickled in there where it's National Geographic, or um, I've been like learning more of the birds in our area. That's like my COVID thing, I guess. Um, but following different accounts where I'm like seeing, oh, like, let me look into what kind of bird that is. And nothing to do with, oh, I, well, oh, I wish I was that kind of bird. Like, no, <laughs> it's something that has nothing to do with, oh, how can I get better at something? It's just something that you enjoy right? I like to cross stitch. I don't do it as much as I wish I did, but following those accounts where it's like, oh, that's a cool one. Let me look at this pattern instead of how can, you know, how can I make and sell these? <laughs> oh, how can I have a house that looks like this? Um, to really make sure you're getting all your interests in there and not just how can I make myself better? I'm only going to follow accounts like that. Mm, I love, love, love that suggestion. Um, this is a really um, just great reminder of like who I, it's, it's the term, who are you surrounding yourself with? But it's also, what are you surrounding yourself with? That's also the online president. It doesn't have to be like physical people there with you, but like, what are you filling your brain with when you're on social media and your thoughts and your subconscious? So I, I, that's one of my favorite tips is like unfollow people and, um, surround yourself with only those things that, you know, make you feel good. If it doesn't make you feel good when you cross, come across it, unfollow them for a while or mute it or whatever platform you're on, whatever you can do to just, you know, to, like we said, curate it to, to your advantage, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we forget the power that we have with that and that we chose these things. Like I said, a lot of it starts as oh, this is going to inspire me or something like that, you know? And then at some point it's not, but we don't ask ourselves, why am I still following this? You know, we don't stop and think, is, is this helping? What, another good question is just, you know, will I miss, will I miss this? What information am I getting from this? 
Am I using any of it? <laughs> Will I miss this if it's gone? Test out, like you said, you can mute it. You don't have to, you know, we have friends maybe we follow or something like that that we don't want to unfollow. But really stopping to think of it, is this really actually benefiting me? I mean, I've got clients that are in different um, Facebook groups. And I noticed this when I was trying to get pregnant. And these Facebook groups are making them feel not great. They're stressing them out. They're coming up with different problems. It's negative, you know, whatever it is. And I said, okay, well, why, um, why, why do you feel like you need to be in this group? And she said, oh, well, if I have a question, if I have a specific question I'm going to ask, you know, I can ask these people. Okay. Have you ever asked a question? And she stopped and she's like, oh, once and actually no one answered. And it made me feel worse. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so is this group really helping you? We think that we're a part of these things because, oh, I, there could be some information in there that I need. Um, I doubt that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I doubt there's ever going to be, well, you weren't in this Facebook group. So that's why your business is failing. Like, no, if it makes you feel good, great. Stand, you're getting something out of it. Great. Stay in it. But if it's more stress or you feel like you're comparing yourself more when you're seeing the questions people are asking or what is posted in it, if it's making you feel not so good, get leave it, <laughs> leave it. Like it'll always be there if you want to rejoin. But if it's not actually helping you feel inspired and helping you actually take action, then it's really not doing you the service that you think it is. Mm, absolutely. So I would love to know, Samantha, how do you work with other women? Do you work one-to-one? -one? Do you have any group programs? Mm -hmm. I do one-to-one. -one. So my, I do, <laughs> speaking of Facebook groups, I do have a Facebook group that's totally free. So that's a good way to get just acquainted with how I approach topics and everything. Um, but I do just one-on-one -on -one for now. I do um, uh, what I call a cycle up breakthrough, which is just a one 90 minute intensive. And then you get a full week of access to me after that, following that with questions. Um, but then I do three and six month programs. So they're both 12 sessions, 12 will do video. It's so funny because, you know, I was touting the, the video session. And now since we're about a year into COVID, people are like, can we just do a phone so I can like walk around. I'm like, yes, it's so funny that it's like taking the flip. I'm like, I'm sick of being at the video. <laughs> I don't want to sit at my computer, but we do basically 12 live sessions and that's either every week or every other week. So that's either three or six months. Um, but then you've got unlimited access and the in-between times. Um, I use, I don't know, do you use Voxer with your clients? Um, it's a little app that you can just send voice messages. And it's great for those in-between sessions because I'll get messages of, hey, I just had this thought or, hey, this really bugged me or I was thinking or a, a worry spiral. Oh my God, what if blah, blah, blah. Um, and you might not remember that until your next session, but if you can have me in your back pocket to reach out to, and I will respond as soon as I get it and share my thoughts and maybe a, a journal prompt or something to do to kind of get the anxiety down until we can address it further in person. Oh my God, to have that person who you feel like is with you constantly whenever you need it. I mean, I work with women in different time zones, you know, six hours difference. And I wake up, I'm like, oh, they're having a rough one. Like, let me touch base um, is really, really powerful and important to have that, I think. Oh, I agree. I think that that's, um, uh, it comes to integration. Like I, 
uh, and really into human design. So I incorporate a lot of that into my coaching. But previous to that, I was just doing reading. So it would just be like looking at the chart and kind of decoding it and then giving all of like this word vomit is what I called it, like Uh information. And they would just be like, (laughs) you know, like, oh, cool. But then afterwards it was like, what do I do with it now? How do I integrate it? So after so much of that, I'm like, okay, we don't do that anymore. Like now it's about coaching. Like how do we integrate that into your life? So I love that you do that because again, it's, you can meet, you know, one time and talk, but then how are you walking away and integrating that and having accountability and having a mentor and guidance. And when you do get stuck somewhere where you're, you know, for whatever reason it is having somebody to reach out to, I think is key. So I love that you do that. It is. I'm glad you mentioned that about the kind of getting stuck. Cause after, after we do, after a session, you know, after we're either face-to-face or on the phone, after those 50 minutes, I send a follow-up email, which is here's some things I pulled from our conversation and actions. Cause we've got actions and it's not my actions here. I want you to do this. It's what we've talked about on the call. Okay. What's your focus this week? How can you get there? What can you do this week to do it? And then I write in that email actions for the week. So they know what their focus is. So it's not like, Oh my God, we had that great conversation. Mm, <laughs> what do I do tomorrow? <laughs> what am I actually doing? Cause that's the whole thing. It's easy to get a lot of information. Listen to this podcast. You're getting a lot of ideas. But to come away with me emailing you saying, here's the two things you're focused on this week. Go with that. We're going to check in um, to have that accountability so you don't get overwhelmed with, oh, we, we talked about such great stuff, but I don't really know what I'm actually doing with this information. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So where are we able to find you at online and on your social media? Yeah. 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 My um, website is simplywellcoaching.com. Uh, my Facebook group is called Aligned Action Collective. Um, come join us. Come say hey. If you're on Instagram, I'm at Simply While Coaching. Um, I do free uh, consults if you just want to. And I always say, I'm like, don't feel like you have to. You're not signing up for coaching by doing a consult. It can really help to just get another opinion or get kind of unstuck. So I definitely offer those for anyone who can just use some help bouncing something off of, Hey, I feel stuck here. Hey, this is kind of not really sure what to do next, you know, um, to kind of get out of that, out of that rut that you said. Um, and you can book that through, got through everywhere. I mean, you can book it through my website or if you're on Instagram through my bio, um, I'd love to say, Hey, if you're listening to this episode, come say hello. Awesome. And I will have everything linked in the show notes. You'll be able to scroll right down and connect with Samantha on all of her platforms. I just have to say, this has been incredible. I feel like we've talked about so many things and um, you've gotten to share so many nuggets. So to kind of close us out, did you have um, maybe anything that you had wanted to add or just kind of a closing message for us? Oh man. Um, <laughs> to sum it all up, I, I read, um, it was years ago, Amy Poehler's book called Yes, Please. And she had a quote that it's all about comparison and to think great for her, not for me. And so just remember that <laughs> when you see that thing that, oh, I should do this, she's doing that, whatever, great for her, not for me. 
And that I, I repeat that a lot. <laughs> I repeat that a lot to myself and it really helps kind of cut back on the, the comparison and that feeling that you should be doing what you're seeing. Mm, that is so good. I feel like I'm going to make myself a little sign in Canva that says that to put right next to right? Oh my, it's the best reminder. <laughs> mm, Cause I can get caught up in that too. And you know, here we've been doing this work and we help others with it, but we can still, yeah, I still catch myself and I'll be like, Oh wait, what am I doing? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's hard to catch in yourself. It's harder to catch in yourself. Like I said, I'll come up with stuff and my husband will say something. I'm like, mm. I, I tell my clients that <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> So, you know, but I love that reminder that, you know, we're all going through our own journey. We're all learning. We're all, we're all growing. So it's, it's beautiful. So I just have to tell you, thank you so, so much for being here today, for sharing so much of your story, so much of your um, wisdom with us. This has been a wonderful episode. Thank you. I'm so glad we could connect. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.